Forget draining the swamp. That's utterly hopeless and futile at this point. Just leave it and save yourself. Leave the swamp. Hey folks, welcome back. I uh, had a little potpourri of uh, thoughts that I wanted to discuss in this one. Uh, the first thing, though, however, this morning, uh, the uh, at times strong, mostly spineless governor of our great state of Texas uh, issued a, uh, a order this morning uh, surrounding all this uh, the, the virus that shall not be named uh, stuff going on. You know, we're starting to hear about oh, all these new. Uh, cases coming through, and oh, here we got oh, this problem. You know, the media is trying to scare everybody, this, that, and the other. Well, I'm pretty sure at this point they realize that they can't really lock everything down totally, maybe sporadically, pieces here and there. Over the last week, they, uh, the county and the state, you know, they've been issuing orders to, uh, you have to wear face masks in businesses, you know, this, that, and the other. Well, today, the governor issued an order permanently, or not permanently, but totally closing all bars indefinitely and forcing restaurants to remain at 50% capacity indefinitely. Well, after everything that happened, here we go. Uh, pretty sure this is probably the death nail uh, in bars in the state for a while. I don't see how any of these bars can operate closed or even uh, selling people booze to go. I mean, really, people, people are going to go and buy booze from a bar to not be able to sit there with friends and drink it? No, not going to happen. So bars, bars in the state are, uh, are kaput for a while. Uh, I don't see how many restaurants can really last at 50% when most of them are designed to be at 100 uh, in, order to, in order to turn a profit in a low-margin business. So this will be interesting to see how that plays out here in Texas. Uh, but it kind of, before I read this, I was already kind of thinking about something. And, uh, you know, it, what it, things kind of boil down to this. Do we, as people, want to decide, are we going to be Americans? And by Americans, I'm, I'm talking about modern-day Americans. And that, you know, we're a collective group of sheeple that are scared of everything. You know, we're no longer the home of the brave. We're the home of the scared. You know, we allow the government to scare us about so-called terrorists and whatever else, you know, the things that really would never affect any of us, statistically speaking. Uh, but we give in to government demands that they protect us and take away our liberties to do it. Uh, so basically, I'm, I'm asking myself, are we going to be Americans or are we going to be Texans? Are we going to be Americans American sheeple that do what they're told, or are we going to be Texans and think for ourselves and take care of ourselves, right? Make our own decisions ourselves. You know, be, are, we're going to be fiercely independent and live our lives the way we want to live them. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting. You know, if I was the governor of Texas, that's kind of the speech that I would give at this point. You know, if I had really screwed up everything up to this point, like like he did by locking everything down, I'd say, look. We're looking at the numbers. Evidently, cases are skyrocketing, but it's probably because, more than likely, it's because we're testing significantly more people. Death rates are not rising. You know, uh, more than likely, my guess, this is my address, you know, 
would be more than likely my guess is this thing actually spread through long before January, February, maybe February. It was probably here November, December. So it's gone through the system. So folks, I made a mistake originally by shutting things down like I did. I'm no longer going to do that. We're Texans. We're tough. We're, we're independent. We can think and do uh, things on our own. We can make our own decisions. We're not, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're adults. We're, we're adult adults here. So I am actually going the opposite direction. I am rescinding any order of limiting gatherings and limiting, uh, you know, congregations and restaurants or bars. And I'm going to place the decision whether or not you want to participate on you as a sovereign citizen of Texas for you to make the decision if you want to be around people or not. Uh, it's up to you. You know, you have a life to live. It's up to you to decide for you and your family what's best. But it's really not a, a it's really not the purvey, under the you know the purview of government for to tell businesses what private individuals what they can and can't do. So long as that private individual is not harming and like actively harming another person. Now you may argue, not the government not restricting things allows other people to harm people. Because if they have the virus, they can go around infecting people. Well, if you're afraid of that, which there's no proof, there's no way you can ever prove that. If you're afraid of that, then stay home. You know, take your measures to prevent it from happening. But absent an like an overt physical act against someone, you know, it's you have to kind of you got to kind of continue to live your life. You know, life has has a lot of challenges and a lot of risks that come with it. That's what makes life worth living. And you kind of got to roll with the punches. And what we've seen over the last six months is that the, while the virus may be a little more virulent than uh, the normal flu, it's a tough flu. It's a hard flu. It's a, but other, other than that, it's not the pandemic in the sense of like a zombie movie. I mean, where it's not killing everybody off. It's barely affecting children. All schools should be open. Let children go learn, play with friends, develop immunities that they should be developing right now. Uh, and again, you know, be an adult, choose for you and your family what's best to do. And private businesses, this goes the same for you. If you want to require people to wear masks, fine, require them. It's your private business. If you want to restrict the folks in your business to 50% capacity, fine, do it. It's your business. You make that choice. It's not for the government to make that choice. It's for you as a sovereign Texas citizen to make that choice. So I will be with you, walking you through this every step of the way. May I may come on and talk about what's going on perhaps every night. It may not be every night. It may be, but it'll be probably quite often. And... When I do, I will be as honest with you as possible, give you as much information as possible so that you can make your own decision on how to run your life. And the companies can make their own decision how to operate their company. And in this great state of Texas, we will continue to fight for the cause of freedom and liberty and provide that to the people that live here. So with that, I will let you, uh, you guys go and live your life. Stay tuned and we'll stay in touch. And that's basically what my address would be. And, you know, I just, because that's not happening by anybody that I've heard so far, it's obvious there is no 
true leadership on any by any politician in this in this uh, uh, in, in this scenario. Uh, you know, in Dallas County as an example, and in Harris County, they have these county judges that are acting like dictators, essentially telling businesses what they can and can't do because they obviously, you know, lacking the legislature passing a law, they can't really do much more than threaten to strip businesses of their business certificate, operating certificate, or find them. So that's what they can do. So they're acting like these petty tyrants, you know, running around trying to dictate to people what they have to do with, with their business in order in hopes of like dictating to other people what they do with their lives. I would do what I could as governor to limit these counties if I had any power, but I would be harsh, verbally harsh against them in my addresses to just say, look, let your folks live their life. Uh, we'll get past this. We always have, and we've gotten past it with much less medical technology than we have now. So, you know, let's not freak out and destroy what what what's left of any kind of economy that we've had. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. But uh, you know, it made me think of another thought here, and I may expand on this a little a little more later. But. <laughs> What is the most American of tradition? The most American of political act out there, or that that really could be maybe at this at least to now the zeit, current zeitgeist could be traced back to Americanism, you know, stripping out all the the emotion that comes with the two words. Well, in my mind, it is nullification and secession. Those are the two most polit- politically. Uh, American actions that exist in this you know, country of uh, confederated states. And that's really what the United States is. You know, I know that the word confederated, confederate scares people and you know, whatever, but get over it. I mean, think about it. This, whole, this country was started by an act of secession. So the act of secession... <laughs> has to, by definition, be the heart of the Ameri- of an American political action, right? And then after that, or up until that part point of secession, and after it, the act of nullification, you know, folks nullif- nullifying laws they deemed were not just immoral, unethical, uh, unconstitutional, you know, just not enforcing them. That was at the heart of the birth of this country. I say all that to say, maybe with all this crap going on right now, you know, with uh, these protests, uh, these ridiculous Marxist protests, you know, around all this minority race uh, stuff where, you know, everything's upside down, where, I mean, in reality, the minorities are the ones that have all the privilege, yet they're protesting. Now they're protesting, tearing down all, you know, all the historic, tearing down history and rewriting it. Maybe at some point that those two amazing American traditions of nullification and secession will actually come back in vogue and folks will band together and say enough is enough, you know, in a certain area that's not being, uh, you know, ravaged by this uh, mental virus of Marxism uh, and just insanity that's going on right now and say enough is enough. We're done. We're out of here. You know, and if any folks here don't don't like it, or want to continue with that stuff, you know, uh, you know, go somewhere where you can do it. 
know, we're keeping our historical monuments up. We're putting them back up, in, in fact. You know, we're putting all these Confederate monuments back up because it's history. And we're not taking them down. If you don't like it, then get the hell out. You know, that's, uh, maybe that's what's going to happen. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see because I don't, I've always, I've said for a long time that I don't think the United States will be 50 states held together the way it is by the time I die. So I don't know. Maybe this is the beginning of the end, if you will, of, uh, this, this construct, putting all these cultures together. You know, like why, why would people down here in Texas ever have to listen to or, be influenced by what folks are doing in New York or California. You know, screw them. You know, we had we can take care of ourselves and do our own thing. Um, but anyway, I, you know, and it got me thinking one step further about this kind of division of folks. You know, kind of coming together and like-minded uh, beliefs and living like that together. Where, you know, people start dividing. You know, all these people talking about inclusion and uh, diversity, inclusion, and all this type of stuff are actually gonna it's actually going to kind of bounce, you know, backfire on them where people are going to say, you know, no, I want to actually live with people that are more like-minded than me. And people will start coming together like that in, in groups, you know, and then start dividing apart. You know, it's going to be an interesting per- perverted kind of uh, result from what they're trying to achieve. Uh, you know, it'll, it'll be hostile or not. I don't know. That remains to be seen. Very interesting. But it got me thinking about, you know, how do you look at, everyone talks about left and right, you know, extreme left, extreme far right, um, you know, all the, this kind of political spectrum. And I got to thinking, I don't, I've never really agreed with the, the, the standard definition of the political spectrum. You know, everyone, the, the right is conservative and the far right, you know, they, they're called fascists, you know, it's in the left, the liberal and the far left, you know, you have the communists and socialists. I agree with it somewhat. But I want to view it a little, little differently, but using the same terms, left, far left, left and right, right? So picture a bell curve, okay? Now turn it upside down. So it's like a valley, right? It starts and then it goes down and it kind of, like a, ups, like a U, right? And it comes back up and then you go. So picture that. And then on the, the right in the very middle of the valley, the farthest point down, in the very middle, that would be, at that point, is what I would define as an anarchist. You know, someone who, you know, believes humans can, someone who believes in a system where there's just no authority, right? Uh, And then, on the far left side, or not really far left side, maybe a little bit below where where the angle starts coming down, place a line there, and that's about where I would put communism. So total state control, right? Ownership and state control of everything. And on the far right side, we're right where it kind of starts angling, you know, going flat or angling up and going flat, you know, equivalent to the opposite side of where communism is. That's where I'd put fascism. So you'd have more or less total state control again, but uh, more corporatism, right? So there's still private corporations, large corporations, but they're basically in bed with government. So private owners... But government control of really everything, and that line that but that each of those uh, that each uh, you know piece of the curve right it remember on a, on a bell curve or a curve like that you know they they, they never actually touch the, the line right well that line is pure slavery okay so in this case yeah I mean I guess theoretically politically you can actually get there and touch it because we have before 
But uh, let's just call that pure and utter slavery. You know, it's basically matrix style stuff where the machines are harvesting our energy, basically. So down at the bottom, you know, the bottom, uh, the bottom of the valley, kind of, I place two two lines. One on either side of anarchist, basically, or anar, you know, uh, anarchism. Uh, a little further out, maybe right at the point where the curve starts curving up. So you kind of cover the whole bottom part of the U, if you will, if you can picture it. That span there is what I would call uh, libertarianism or minarchism, basically. All right. And then everything from each of those lines up to communism and up to fascism, that's kind of the spectrum where really every country falls now, more or less. You know, so I'd probably place the United States, you know, 75% up the way to the fascist line on the right side. And the reason why I would say that is because now I could, I reserve the right to change this, but the way I'm thinking right now is we, you know, we still have uh, markets. We have private companies, this, that, and the other. We don't have communism yet, although we do have a little socialism. So maybe I wouldn't put United States on the line. They would be more, in that middle area, kind of in the nether region there. So I'd have to probably draw this up for everybody and put it on the, the website. But that right there, I think, is so far the best visualization of our political spectrums as they are right now. And fortunately, and, and you got, well, let me just back up. You understand the reason for the upside down bell curve. It's because you know you have total government control up top zero government control up down at the bottom. So that's why it curves down to anarchy and then up, it curves communism down to anarchy and then up to fascism, right? So so you can, you can imagine the x-axis is government power, you know, and then the, the y-axis is essentially just, it's not really a, a, a measurement per se, it's just a way to, you know, somewhere to put the uh, particular words that describe me. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm, I, that's kind of an initial thought of, of mine on how to really probably accurately uh, depict uh, political you know, uh, viewpoints and whatnot. It's not so much a left and right thing, although it's depicted on the graph like that. It's really more of a government power to total freedom thing. You know, So when you say far right, and if you're referring to fascism, yeah, they're total government power, a little different flavor than far left communism or socialism, uh, you know, just a little different flavor of total government power. So anyway, I just want to throw those ideas out there to you, get them out in the ether. Uh, but, uh, you know, just something to think about, you know, whenever we're talking about, or I try to talk about how to be free, how to think for yourself, you know, and how important it is to think for yourself to be free, or at least to get you on a path to becoming free and saving yourself, I think we got to at least understand the current construct under which we live, right? And then once we understand that, we can kind of see, okay, now things, see where things fall so that we don't get too bogged down or distracted, which is what they want to happen, is to get distracted by these words like conservative or liberal or far right, far left, communist, blah, blah. You got to understand when they're using those words, what it truly means. You know, does it? What does it mean? Does it mean 
total government control in slavery, essentially, or total personal freedom under, say, anarchy, because that's really what would be total personal freedom. So um, whenever you can place it on that kind of on that under that kind of diagram or that thought, then you can understand where someone's coming from. And then you can ask them, you say, so this is what you mean by when you say that. And if they say yes, then okay, then you're on the same page. If they say no, then, then you got to, you know, do a little work to understand what, the, what they mean when they say that. Or when a policy is uh, proposed, you can place it kind of under this. Say, okay, what does that mean? You know, what, what are the knock-on effects of if that comes in play? You know, what it, you know, it, it all comes together to kind of give you a, 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 a that worldview that I'm talking about. That it's really a personal worldview of, you know, seeing through the bullshit, right? So... So keep it up, you know, keep thinking for yourself, question everything. One of the biggest things to question right now is, um, one of the biggest things to question right now is, that's pretty cool, this kid has a remote control uh, Jeep driving around here. Anyway, the biggest thing to question and, and right now, obviously, is what they're talking about, this this virus situation. I mean, you can't believe anything at what people are saying. I mean, it's just the most ridiculous BS. Now, now they're destroying businesses because of it. I mean, it, it makes me sick. So uh, you, you got to question everything coming out of the media, out of the government, out of really anyone's mouth, mine included. And then think for yourself. Run it by your ain't right meter. Think for yourself. It's the only way you can save yourself. All right, folks, with that, um, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, let me know what you think. And catch you on the next one.